welcome to another episode of the Aquatic Mentors podcast. I'm your host Katrina Van Eyck and in this episode I interview a tech specialist who with his team has developed software which is focused on customer retention in leisure centres and swim schools. So please give a big welcome to the podcast for Lane Harrison. In 2014, when the company expanded its software to swim schools, Lane and his team surveyed their clients and developed a seven-step framework on how to grow and optimise a swim school on which he shares details about in this interview. Swimdesk is now running in swim schools across Australia, New Zealand and has just been introduced to Hong Kong. Lane and his team surveyed their clients and the swim school customers to pinpoint areas which influence customer retention. This research helped locate points of interest where customers would generally fall through the cracks and drop out of a normal swim school system. Lane has also developed a podcast which focuses on the business side of swim schools and the strategies needed to grow a swim school. He interviews swim school managers, owners and industry leaders. So check out his podcast, which is called Swim School Business Podcast. In today's episode, Lane shares some great insights into his work, as well as his thoughts on swimming in Australia and where he sees technology advancing swimming in the future. Please share your points of interest that you find in Lane's interview on our Facebook page, Aquatic Mentors. And you'll find his contact details listed in the show notes. If you want to share your aquatic story, please contact me via my email at regionalswimclinics at outlook.com. That's regionalswimclinics at outlook.com. I love to share the stories of those in the industry to really help inspire others in the industry. So let's dive in and find out more about Lane's journey in swimming. So, Lane, how did you start your journey in swimming? Well, my journey is kind of a long one. So I don't know if you want the long story or the the short story. Essentially, I was involved heavily in sport growing up. I did a lot of different sports, but I I love track and field the most. And after following that path out of school, I went down the journey of doing a gym instructing and personal training course And that kind of got me into the leisure industry. And I was lucky enough to work my way up into an opportunity to work in a software company. And that was focused in gyms and focused on retention in gyms. So that kind of led me into working with a lot of leisure centers and building relationships with aquatic and leisure centers. And one of our clients through our software company also had a lot of swim schools so that's kind of was my segue into the aquatic space so we ended up developing a a specific software for the aquatic industry based on what our clients were were craving and asking for so that kind of led us into that aquatic space and that was in 2014 so I've been in involved in the aquatic industry for six years or so now and I guess what we're known for is one our software but two we also publish a lot of content regarding optimizing and growing a swim school and improving a swim school business so 
that's really been something we're focused a lot on. We have a blog that's popular, a podcast as well, a bit like yours. And we've really developed some frameworks, including our seven-step framework for how to grow and optimize a swim school. So probably a bit of a long story there, but that's how I got into the industry. That's fantastic. And it's great to see a a different angle about how we can get involved in aquatics and be on the technical side of it. So there's a lot of roles in aquatics that are not your general sort of swim teacher and coach. It takes a varying role, a varying person to actually make an aquatic facility work. Yeah. Now, well, as I said, I'd never had much of an aquatics background, but I kind of ended up in this space and I love the people in the industry. It's it's a very friendly and welcoming industry. So I've really enjoyed the last six years. Yeah. And being that you've had the track and field experience, you've been involved in sport. Is there similarities between track and field and swimming or are we totally different? Yeah, I guess from high performance perspective, most definitely. But what I love about swimming and swim schools is it's a, a fantastic business. It's based on a a kind of membership business model, which is is really good. And I think swim schools have been able to have more success in engaging the community compared to track and field. And I guess one of the things that helps with that is that water safety element, the fact that it's really important for kids to learn to be safe around water and things like that. So in addition to physical activity, I think parents see that as a an important thing to make sure their child is is safe around water. So that's a, probably one of the main differences I see between the two sports. Yeah, and that's true. We are lucky enough to have that base that we need to have the safety side of it and not just the physical entertainment side of the sport as well. Yep. Cool. So you mentioned your seven-step framework that you're involved in your business. Mm-hmm. Can you talk us through those steps? Yeah. So basically we developed this framework to really just make it simple for swim schools to improve their performance and improve their enrollment base and grow their enrollment base. So the first step is to focus more on retention. So in terms of a swim school, if we make it very simple, there's two sides of the equation. There's getting or acquiring customers and then there's retaining and keeping the customers that you already have. And we would argue that that retention is critical to the success of a swim school, particularly once you've reached an initial critical mass of enrollment numbers. And I think that's becoming increasingly important because it's particularly with what we're going through at the moment, it's going to be probably harder to attract as many new customers to a swim school. So keeping the ones that you already have for longer is really critical to ensure that your numbers stay the same or continue to grow. So that's the first step in the framework. Yeah. The next one is giving parents regular feedback about the progress of their child. So we've seen in surveys that the parent absolutely craves regular feedback One particular survey we looked at showed that 69% of parents weren't happy with the amount of feedback they get from their swim school about their child's progress. So that gives a huge opportunity to 
address that problem. If we're aware of that problem, we can address it. And how we recommend addressing that is by giving feedback every 90 days at a minimum. So we've found 90 days in terms of giving the parent an update of progress is kind of the sweet spot. If it's any longer than that, the parent starts to wonder, is my child actually progressing how they should be? And if it's any shorter, say 30 days, it takes a lot of effort to get this feedback out to parents. So it becomes very labor intensive as well. So we've found that 90 days is the the sweet spot for giving feedback to parents. Wow, what a great insight to find that out, the perfect sweet spot for giving feedback. And I think that's talking to people with some skills and that side of it. That's one thing people say is customers keep asking us what's happening with their kids. Why are they not moving up? Why are they not doing this? So a perfect thing is to give that feedback more often. Yeah, definitely. And I think every swim school manager probably knows that just by being in a swim school and hearing feedback from parents saying, oh, how's my child going or where's my child at? But the best thing I can encourage people to do is actually survey your parents and say, what could we do better? And often you'll find that it's communication, communication, communication. So communication is really king when it comes to success in the swim school. Yeah, and that's all going to flow into you're going to retain customers when you communicate to them more about their child's progress. Exactly. So the third step is actually having a platform to make feedback scalable. And what do I mean by that? So I mean giving parents an easy way to receive feedback and that's essentially what we do with our software, our swim desk program. We give parents a, a, a portal or an app where they can log in and get alerts when their child has had an assessment. And then they can log in and get that detailed feedback. We've found that although face-to-face feedback is excellent and probably desirable, it's very hard to scale particularly for a swim school over 500 students. So you need a way to more easily give that feedback to every single parent. And that's where a platform like a parent portal or an app can make that much more scalable. So every parent gets a a really detailed level of feedback. And we still want to maintain as much face-to-face feedback and communication as we can. But as I said, it becomes very difficult to maintain that. So that is where a platform can really help with delivering that feedback to parents. And it's just going to enhance it that little bit more from having feedback from your swim teacher directly to the parent, but then they're also getting that written version, that updated version. And there's something you may miss if, you know, you're talking to another parent, you've got another one coming up, you can't tell them everything. So to be able to condense it and hand it to them in an app is perfect. What a great idea. Yeah. So that leads into our next one, which is using descriptive wording to provide feedback. So in the past, a lot of swim schools, when they assess a child for a skill, it might be a tick and a cross or a a competent, not competent. But that doesn't really tell the parent a lot. What if the child was 
super, super close to achieving that skill, but not quite putting it fully together. Do we say, well, they're not competent in that skill? It doesn't really tell the parent the full story. So one thing that we preach and and work with our clients to achieve is having really detailed feedback. So we recommend a four wording assessment system for giving this feedback to parents. So can I take you through those four words? That'd be amazing. So the first word is introduced, which means the skill is just being introduced. Yeah. So if we look at that as like a percentage, it might be the skills at like 25%. We then have improving, which means the skills, you know, it's starting to, to improve. It's probably 50% of the way. The third word is consolidating. And this is my personal favorite because we've seen it have such a big impact in the quality of communication that a swim school can have with parents. So consolidating means that they're, very close they're putting the skill together they're consolidating it but they're not quite there maybe they're 75 percent of the way and the final one is competent which is a hundred percent so that wording system kind of covers all bases and suddenly improves the detail and the quality of feedback that we're giving to the parents because the parents can see okay this skill is consolidating this skill's just being introduced this school's competent it just is a much clearer vision and picture of how the child is actually progressing so that's probably my favorite tip of the the seven steps because just that one little tweak can have a massive impact in terms of the quality of your communication and your retention in the swim school it's an amazing point. And I mean, it's something that I wish, wow, I knew that when I first started with my little summer swim school, I find that I'm, you know, introducing beginner and then beginner level one, beginner level two, because they're not quite ready to go up to the next level, but they've been with me for a while. But to be able to say that, you know, these are the skills that they've got to get. And instead of just either they're not competent or the competent to be able to break it down in four simple words yeah. that that parent's going to understand what a fantastic thing to be able to bring to your staff and great tool and also your customers for them to understand what skills and how we develop them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good work. Cool. Our step. fifth step is to identify stagnating students. Okay. So in any swim school, there's always some students that are not, moving through the program or their level as quickly as you'd hope. So we want to, as a swim school, identify those students because unless we identify them, we can't really help them as much as we might need to. We might need to give them a bit more attention, a bit more love and care and focus to help get them unstuck and, and move to progressing to the next level because ultimately that's what the parent wants. In addition to feedback, they want to see that they're getting a return on their investment. They want to know that their child is making progress and learning these skills and they're going to be safer around water, etc. So what we recommend doing is looking at 30 weeks 
as a benchmark. So we get our clients to run a report on our software that identifies all the students that have been in the same level for 30 weeks or longer. So we call that a non-progression report. And if you've got a swim school of a thousand, there might be a hundred students that have been in the same level for 30 weeks or longer. What we then want to do is focus in on those students. Maybe we want to assess them to just see, are they close? What, what needs attention and focus? Maybe it's just letting the teacher know to give them a bit more love and attention. Maybe it's offering something as a bonus, like a a free holiday program to try and help speed up their progression. So this step is really important to kind of help those stagnating students, get them unstuck and keep them moving through the program so they progress to the next level in a, a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, that's right. There's always those swimmers that go through and fall through the cracks and that just seem to appear in the same level. And it's great that you've been able to bring that down and really work and target those swimmers. And like you said, it could be something simple as just saying to the teacher, can you work with this one a little bit more? Make sure you're focused on this kid this week. Yeah. Or you can engage the parents. And what parent doesn't love extra programs, extra lessons for free? So to be able to say, here, you know, we've noticed this, come join our holiday program and we'll get them up to the next level. And they're going to think that's an amazing offer for them and their kids. Yeah, and it's good to do that because often they're at the, the point where they're thinking, oh, are these lessons worth it? Should I maybe pull out? So by getting on the front foot before it becomes too late can really help your retention and help stop some of those people dropping out at that kind of critical juncture. Yeah, that's right. What a perfect way of catching and in step one, retaining your clients. Yep. yep. Perfect. So we're almost done. We've got two more steps to go. <laughs> I know they're a bit long-winded. That's good. Really, you're going into detail, which I love, and people are going to learn learn from their system. Yeah, cool. So the next step's onboarding. So that is how do we actually welcome and introduce people to our swim school? It shouldn't just be, okay, you've signed up and here's your lesson. We want to communicate with them, and we want to communicate with them in a number of ways. We want to have some emails go out to them. We want to have some face-to-face contact. We might have a video. So we can mix this up in terms of how we communicate. But we actually recommend having up to seven touch points in the first month. So maybe we have a welcome video where we welcome them to the swim school and explain all the things that we're going to do in the program and all the benefits Maybe we share an article about water safety and the importance of ongoing year-round lessons. Maybe we send them a little personal follow-up or we give them a phone call after 14 days just to check in and see how they're going. So there's a number of different ways we can do it. I've never seen a swim school (laughs) over-communicate in the first 30 days. So I think there's room for improvement for all swim schools to have more communication and build stronger relationships in the first 30 days because that really sets the relationship. It sets the foundation for ongoing attendance. And the closer our relationships are, 
the better our retention is going to be. So we really want to work on building that relationship with each customer and that can be really done through a really well-crafted onboarding, what we, we call a sequence. That's perfect. That's it. it all ties together and just to be able to offer that sequence and it can be simple. It can just be a video, which I mean, especially with COVID, we're having to design videos to be able to explain to people what needs to be done. So you can use those videos and edit them, adding extra to it. What a great idea. Yep. Yep. So our final step is a good one. And that's just focusing on non-attendance. So pretty simple one. I think a lot of swim schools do this really well. But if you've got a student that's missed two lessons in a row, it's a little bit concerning, but we see three lessons in a row as a time where we should actually reach out and just connect with the the customer. A lot of our clients will use an automated email for this. So an email that will go out automatically if someone has missed three lessons in a row. And that email should say something like, you know, hey, John, we've missed you and Amy the last the last few weeks. Just wanted to check in and see how you're going. So it's just friendly, a check-in to try and reactivate them. If that doesn't work, if they've missed four in a row, we probably want to get on a phone call and, and try and re-engage with them that way. So that process just stops people, if they've missed three, four, five in a row, it's very hard to kind of get them back after that. So We want to stop and re-engage and get them back in the program, you know, before it becomes too late. Yeah, and that's right. And that's something where people, again, can slip through the cracks if you're not following up and making sure they're going okay. Could be just a simple thing and that we haven't been able to make it, we need to change times or anything like that. So to be able to re-engage them and just connect that everything's going okay and it's just a great way to check in as well and, be another friendly voice in their ear to make sure they're all okay and fine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's our, our seven steps. So yeah, we really put this together to just to give a kind of clear framework to, to get some really significant improvements in a small amount of time. And a lot of swim schools might be doing a lot of these steps already, but you know, there's always an opportunity to refine and, and improve on them. So hopefully there might have been one or two good ideas that um, your audience got out of those tips. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I got a lot out of it myself, so I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would have taken a lot in. Give us the details of your software, the name, because now is the perfect time to be upgrading our systems and updating them, putting fresh stuff in. So give us those details and we'll sort them out. Yeah, so our software is Swimdesk. So if you Google Swimdesk or go to www.swimdesk.com, dot com dot au you'll be able to find a little bit of information there about that and we also have on our website if you want more information on those seven steps we have a a little pdf guide that outlines all of those seven steps and all of those strategies behind it so you can download that for free on our website as well fantastic i'll definitely be checking that out and i recommend that to anyone what a great in-depth look you've had at those common problems that we need to develop and upskill our systems on and like I said perfect time now coming fresh out of COVID to get into it well done yeah thank you and all the contact details will be in our show notes so if anyone wants to check that out I'll put a link in there I'll also put a link on our Facebook page 
on the write-up, so it can easily get to it from there. So over all of this and developing the program, what's been the biggest lesson you've learned? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So I think the biggest lesson I've learned that relates to swim schools and having success in a swim school I think the key is finding time to work on improving the business. And one of the challenges I think in the swim school industry is such a busy place, a swim school, you know, you're dealing with parents, you're dealing with students, you're dealing with teachers, you're dealing with paperwork. There's so much happening that you get to the end of the week and there's no, no more week left and you don't have time to actually work on implementing improvements like what we outlined in those seven steps so even just finding time to work on improving your business or your swim school is critical to moving it forward and taking it to the next level so I find that the swim schools that are able to have a good level of success they make time and they make working on the business a priority even if it's just setting aside two or three hours a week on a specific day where they lock themselves in the office and everything else can just fade away, then that allows them to just make a little bit of progress each week. And that really builds up over the months and over the years and allows you to make significant gains. So I think that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned in terms of growing a swim school. I know I only run for eight weeks, but there's the prep time before and the downtime afterwards. And I think if you're not in the pool, you're doing the paperwork, you're keeping everything going, you're working with your other instructors, you don't have that time to sit back and really work on the business. Um, I take the opportunity over winter, but for swim schools that are constant year round, just the day-to-day admin normally takes over and you don't get that opportunity. So to be able to do that and sit back, and with technology these days, a lot of these programs can be automated. So your the swim desk is a great process because we look at it and go, I haven't got time to do all that stuff. But if we just take the initial period to set it up and yep. have it automated, yep. it actually ends up doing itself so you don't have to do much to it afterwards. Yeah, those things where you can put the work in but then you set it up and it's an ongoing process that serves you month after month those things are really valuable. But as I said, it can be hard to just find the time. But if we find the time, we often then find that we're rewarded with with more time down the track. Yeah, that's right. And it just makes it easier, the steps further down that you go through. Yeah. But yeah, perfect. That's a great comment. And yeah. it's not one that really has been focused on before. So I really like that. Yeah. So what's been the biggest highlight in your sporting journey or your working with swim school so far? As I said at the start, I think the swim school industry, I love just the people in it. It's very friendly. People are are really, you know, welcoming. So that's one thing. The other thing that has been a highlight for me personally is just being able to travel a fair bit in my role with swim desks. So I think last year I probably was on the road interstate probably 20 weeks of the year um so i regularly go to 
Western Australia, South Australia, New South Wales. We've got a lot of clients in New Zealand now, so I enjoy going to New Zealand. Last year I went to Hong Kong. So there's been those opportunities, which has been really exciting. And one thing that we've really I've enjoyed personally, we often put on some live workshops where we go through some of our learnings and ways to optimize and grow your swim school. Last year we put on workshops in I think almost every Australian state and each time we had, you know, I think one of them we had about 30 people, another one we had 25 people. So it was just great to be able to put these workshops on and be able to help the industry with some kind of new ideas and and just connect with the industry. So that, that's something I've really enjoyed as well. So probably a few highlights there, the travel, but being able to connect and being able to, to contribute. And we love helping people in the industry get a better result. So I think that's been a, a good re- reward as well. Perfect. That's great. And to be able to do everything like travel, meet new people, but then on the same plane, be able to enhance their swim schools and help them with their business. You know, what a fantastic opportunity. And I hope while you're in New Zealand, being a Kiwi myself, that you got in and did some extreme sports and whitewater rafting and all that stuff. <laughs> I, I didn't, unfortunately. Oh, you'll have to go back again when the bubble yeah. opens up. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping to get to Queenstown this year, but yeah, with the the closure, it doesn't look like... It will be this year, but fingers crossed for next year. Yeah, that's right. It'll be there waiting for you. It'll be it's a great spot. Yeah. I, lo- <laughs> yeah. I love New Zealand. It's fantastic. It is gorgeous. And to be able to travel and doing the work that you love, I think that's fantastic, especially traveling throughout Australia and being able to share that with everyone. I mean, I've always wanted to be able to travel to other parts of Australia. So to be able to do that, helping people and offering them a school and enhancing their business with such great people in the swim school industry. That's fantastic opportunities. Yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, good work. And we are brilliant people. I mean, we're just (laughs) (laughs) the top bunch. (laughs) So was there anyone that's played a big role in your journey so far, whether it be any side of your business or sporting? It's a hard one because you come across so many different people in the industry. I think. I won't name names, but certain early adopters of what we were doing in terms of our software, I think they hold a special place in our hearts because they took a risk on a software that may not have been tried somewhere else. When you're first developing someone, you need those early adopters to kind of take a a risk and take a punt. So those people... I wouldn't call them necessarily mentors, but they hold a special place in our hearts for for taking a risk and being willing to to have a go at and believe in in what we were working on. The other thing I think just having a ongoing learning attitude, whether it's going to to conferences both in the industry but uh, out of the industry as well, and just even things like doing books and audio programs and things like that there's so many great resources out there to learn and I've personally got a lot out of that so it's probably hard to pinpoint one mentor or one role model but 
yeah, there's definitely been a lot of positive influences for me personally. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it is about taking these role models and these personal achievements from everyone and being able to adapt what they do to suit you. And, you know, like you said, it could be finding someone from your early track and field days and, you know, coaches you've had there and then using that to be able to relate to someone in swimming. It it just ties everything together. Yeah, definitely. And also those people taking a punt on you, I think that's fantastic because we've got to be able to be adaptive and try new things. And to bring your software out, I think we need to actually try this stuff and they can work together to make it a better process. And, you know, they're the test pad for everyone else that's involved. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember it was 2010 we developed our first software and it took us nine months to get someone to try it. But that person taking the punt, you know, just allows you to get feedback. It allows you to get some references. And now we sit here today and we've got literally hundreds of swim schools and gyms using our software. So it's it's been really, really good. Perfect. That's great. It just takes that one person and everything opens up. Yeah. So you've given us some great advice and your seven steps in your swim desk software is absolutely fantastic. Is there another step or something that brings it all together that you've found working with swim schools that you think really benefit them as advice, especially as we start opening up in Victoria? Yeah. As I said earlier, the main thing is working and focusing on working on improving the business. But I think what it really boils down to and what those seven steps are about is about genuine care for your customer. So you could do all those steps, but the key underlying principle of those steps is that you actually care about the customer and you want the best for them in terms of whether the child's progressing as well as they should, whether the parent's getting what they want in terms of the feedback and the detail of communication you're giving them. So all of those steps, if you look through every one of them, it really comes back to wanting the best for the customer. So if that's all you do, if everything you do is based on looking after the customer's best interests, then that takes you a long way. So that's probably my advice for for anyone in the industry. I'd like to think that's something we do in our business as well. You know, we want our customers to be successful in their swim schools to, to be successful with their customers as well. Wow, that's a perfect point. It is about making our customers happy and working with our customers. I think the success of your business relies on that. If your customers aren't happy with your service and engaged, then you know they're not going to be coming back and they're not going to be using your service. Word of mouth is going to go out. So that's a perfect point. Really well answered there. So good work. Thank you. So what does swimming or swim schools look like for you in the future? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess swimming will always be swimming and learning to swim will always be learning to swim. So I think a lot of the fundamentals, it's like any sport, there's always a set of fundamentals. 
what does change is technology and doing things more efficiently. So that's something our software focuses on, trying to automate things, using things like artificial intelligence will be something that might come into the future uh, in terms of using all the data that comes into a swim school and using artificial intelligence to learn about how you can make more improvements and more efficiencies and things like that. So I think technology will change, but the fundamentals will always be the same in terms of swimming lessons and teaching people. And I think there'll always be relationships that will always be there. So we want to strike a balance between using technology in our communications, but also not just going completely the other way. We want to keep a balance between connecting on a, in a human to human way. And technology should really be about enhancing the relationships that you have rather than placing them. So I think, as I said at the start, retention will become even more important in the future because as competition grows, more swim schools enter the industry, it's going to be harder and harder to attract the same number of new students. So swim schools, if they want to thrive moving forward, they need to become excellent in their retention efforts. So that's probably one other point in terms of where I think the industry's headed. Yeah, and I really like those points. It is about taking advantage of technology to be more efficient, but also develop ourselves a lot more. Technology is there to stay. So, you know, use it while we can, but not to go into it so much that it intakes every personal aspect Swimming is personal. It is. You are dealing with children and adults face-to-face and they want that personal part. It's a community. So to be able to use it to make you and your business more effective is fantastic and then to enhance what you do on that personal side as well. Yeah, definitely. That's really good. I like that. Cool. The future of swimming. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought artificial intelligence comes into swimming? (laughs) As an individual and also an industry, Mm-hmm. have you any ideas on how we can develop learn to swim and also the competitive side of swimming to encourage more participants but to do it with less funding so yeah well I think not to sound like a squeaky wheel but it really comes back to retention again so if you're keeping your parents happy if you're making sure your children are progressing through the program as much as possible. If you're giving that regular feedback, those things don't cost a lot to do. It's more an effort and actually just doing them. So if you just improve your attrition rates by one or 2% per month, if every swim school in Australia does that, then there's thousands more, you know, potentially hundreds of thousands of more students engaged in the learn to swim program so i think retention is super important i know a lot of the bodies do a lot of great work in terms of promoting the importance of water safety and i think that contributes to to that as well sorry to sound like a broken record but i think retention is the best way 
that we can develop learn to swim programs and develop swimming lessons and encourage and maximize participation with less funding. I really like that answer and it's not something I've had. And I mean, the reason I ask this question is because I've been to a lot of conferences. I've been out and spoken to other swim school owners and coaches and they've always come up, oh, we should be doing this and we should have this idea and this idea would work really well and we should be copying this sport. And I always wanted to bring attention to those ideas and then, you know, other people could take them on and use them. A swim school in WA or a swim school in Northern Territory may be able to use something that's come from country Victoria. But I've never really looked at it as enhancing what we're currently doing. Yeah. And that is, it's as simple as that. It is just enhancing and generating those customers and then retaining them that we want to keep them on board and in our books and on our systems. Yeah. I think there was a stat and I may completely get this wrong, but it was a study that showed that 70% of students have left Learn to Swim programs by the age of eight. I think that was from a Swim Australia study. So to me, that is kind of alarming that we're losing uh, the bulk of kids before they turn eight. So I think there is a lot of room for improvements to keep children engaged in swimming longer and that comes back to our our retention efforts so I think there is considerable room for improvement in that space. Yeah and that's a really good point you know it is that eight and I find that here in the country when you're teaching kids they, they get to a certain level and then they think oh well my friends have dropped off for different reasons you know I don't want to do it anymore. I was speaking with someone and they were saying that even the customer service side can then generate from a swim school and when these people move over into a swim club, so they've done the learn to swim process, we now want to get them fitness side, whether they want to compete or not compete, but they can move to that swim club area. But you have the engagement and you have the systems around a swim school and then they go into a swim club and it all just disappears. Mm. And I think that's something that even swim clubs and coaches can learn from your system and the work you've put in that they can retain those customers and offer that customer service in their swim club as well and will then hopefully generate and keep those, retain those customers. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. There's often that that juncture between learn to swim and competitive. So I think there probably needs to be some some work around that to help that transition and but then retaining people in that competitive environment as well is it probably an opportunity as well. Yeah, definitely somewhere we, we can expand to. I really love the outlook you've given to the podcast and the questions. It's definitely been something different, but I think it shows for me that there are avenues to the business, especially someone who's young kids that have come out of swimming and they may have done that, learned to swim in the competitive side. They are technology-minded and they can see those disadvantages in swimming. It's something they can still do. They can be involved in a sport that they've loved an environment that they've loved and then be able to take that technology and adapt it. And I think that's Absolutely fantastic. It's, it's not just swim teachers, lifeguards, swim coaches or administration. It's every part of swimming. There's always something different. Yeah, yeah, cool. So thank you very much for coming on board and sharing your wisdom and definitely check out Lane's Swim Desk. And if you want to just give us the website again. Yeah, so www.swimdesk.com.au 
will give you a good idea of, of how our, our software works. Perfect. And I think it's going to be a great software to be able to generate a lot of new stuff for customers and especially coming out of COVID, like I've said, to be able to adapt a new system and engage. We need everything we can get at present, especially here in Victoria. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed 2021 is going to be a better year. Yeah, that's right. And your podcast as well. Give us the name for your podcast. Yeah. So the podcast is the Swim School Business Podcast. So if you Google that, it will come up. And that focus was more on the business side of running a swim school. So strategies of of growing and and maximising the success of a swim school. So we typically have swim school owners, managers on. We interview them. We also have some different industry experts from social media to retention to all lots of different areas. So if you want to check that out, Swim School Business Podcast. Perfect. And that's a great opportunity to, to learn a bit more about retaining customers and the work that you do too. Yeah. Good work. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a, a pleasure and great to have you on board and learning something new. Thanks, Katrina. It's been great. And um, yeah, enjoyed our chats. Good work. Thank you.